Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Sandra Bennett. Gossip, we've mentioned. Oh, yes, self-pity comes out with lots of woe is me statements that you begin to declare, to declare about yourself because of the way you're feeling. Outbursts of wrath. Losing your rag, you know, the Bible tells us that in your anger, do not sin. And just that whole glass half empty negativity, never seeing the positive side and nonsense comes out of your mouth because you can only, your, your perception or your perspective is quite blinkered and you can only see it from that negative viewpoint. Okay, so that was all, that was the really, oh my goodness, this is really heavy. Oh dear, we're all condemned. The good news is, of course, that we are not. So the first thing is, is the tongue tameable? Because James saying it's an untamable, the tongue is untamable. So where does that leave us? Well, it leaves us with remembering that with all things, Nothing is impossible for God. In fact, there's from in Matthew 19, verse 26, it, Jesus looked at them, the people around him, his disciples, and said to them, with man, this is impossible. So this is impossible for us. But with God, all things are possible. So the good news is that every one of us has hope. And I know that, that strongholds have been torn down in my life, and I have been set free in a lot of these areas. And the truth is, I'm still on a journey because um, I'm being changed from one degree of glory into another and I'm being refined daily. And we're going to look a little bit about how we can deal with some of this stuff. Um, So some of it I've become very strong in and there's complete freedom. There's not an issue there. Other things, I'm, I'm on that journey to complete freedom and God, God is my victor. So there is hope for every single one of us. And actually, you know, a lot of us feel like we've, we've got historical baggage and um, chains around us, uh, especially when we first get saved. I can honestly tell you, and it's a bit like Paul, the Apostle Paul, when he says, I was the worst sinner of all. Uh, do you know what? When I got saved, I think, looking back, I was the one most in bondage of all. That's what I would say. And it was a complete mess I was a complete mess and I was in chains and I my thinking was wrong my feelings were wrong my actions were wrong because there's always a consequence to what you meditate on and what you declare and so for my journey as a Christian there was some instant breakthrough when I got saved so God worked a miracle immediately the second I said yes to Jesus there was a degree of breakthrough I'm going to talk about that Actually, I'll talk about that now. So before, before I got saved, I was about 12, and I'd already begun to show some woe-is-me depressive tendencies and declare death over myself. And also, I wanted to try and fit in at school, so there was a lot of bad language that started to come out of my mouth. So I was swearing every other word, but if my parents had known, they would have killed me. That would have been it. Game over. Um, So this mouth was foul. And then 
I was in, I've told one or two people about my salvation, but I was invited to a baptismal service. At that point, I was actually into the occult. I was really fascinated with spiritual things that were not godly. Um, but I just felt that I knew I had to come to this baptismal service. And there was an altar call. I can't remember about the details of what was said. I just know that there was this call to come up the front during the last song. And I felt the, the, the pulling of the Lord. It was nothing that any human being done. And I know that many in the room can relate to this. So sometimes that hand of God comes on you and you just have to respond. And I knew I had to say yes to him. So um, when I went and I prayed the prayer of salvation and I met with the Lord, there was an instant light that was switched on about certain areas. So there was instant breakthrough and evidence that God had done something. It wasn't just that I said, oh, this is an emotional thing, and I want to say yes. There was a, it was a God moment. And one of the things that um, was broken immediately, but not fully, was swearing. So suddenly, I, I found that I was not swearing any, every other word anymore, and that there was definitely no strong language coming out, but occasionally the odd thing would, would slip slip out because obviously that's what I'd been meditating on that's what I'd filled up on but there was clear evidence that God had already begun to do a major work of release in this specific area um, and then when I was growing up in the church there, so this was something God challenged me from early on um, I, there, was, there was a woman who was older than me she'd been saved longer than me and she was in the kitchen and I heard her swear under her breath and something in me was like, oh, this isn't right. This, 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 is, this is not how the Lord wants us to be. Um, and then after I had my second child, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this foul language started coming out of my mouth again. And Nicola must have been like, I don't know, 10 months no, she must have been a bit older, maybe 12, but she was quite an early speaker. And all of a sudden, a foul word came out of her mouth after I'd screamed it. And again, this huge conviction came on me, like, what are you doing? Um, but it was like I'd become uh, not out of control, but like I couldn't control it. It was like something that was not a part of me was, was working through me. Um, so what did I do about that? So these are really practical steps. So I'm not saying that you've got a big issue with swearing, but this can be applied to any area where you know your speech is not perfect. So first of all, I went to someone more mature than I was in the Lord, and I made myself accountable. And I actually said to them, it was really, I felt really awkward, and I did feel a bit ashamed, because it's like, why am I speaking like this over my children? I should know better. And so I'm... I went to this person and I said, I've got a problem with habitual sin. I didn't even tell her what it was. She could have thought all sorts about me. But I was like, but I felt ashamed about the actual subject. And I said, and I don't know what to do about it, but it is wrong. And this is not what God has called me to be like. This is nothing like how Jesus is. And so there's a few practical things she told me and also a bit on my journey that, was, that I've learned along the way. So what do you do? So the first thing is you have to 
be honest that actually you, there's a bit of refining that needs doing. You have to recognize the sin in your life, that it doesn't matter how small it is, and maybe it's not as big as saying really bad swear words in front of your children. Maybe it's such a minor way. Maybe you don't do it all the time, but every so often something comes out. So one of the biggest things might be, and certainly we don't want this in here, is unbelief. So why don't we want unbelief here? Because you can't be in unbelief and faith completely at the same time. And unbelief, the enemy loves because it will undermine what you believe about the Lord. It will undermine what you start declaring. So you will start, to, if you, the more you declare unbelief, the more you believe unbelief. Does that make sense? So the more doubts come in and it's a vicious, is a bit of a downward spiral, a vicious circle. And we already know that we are called to speak words of life. Um, so after making myself accountable, the first thing I did, of course, repentance. It doesn't matter what that area is that you struggle with. I, I've struggled with lying. It's something that I also had to do the same thing to at the same, around the same time as well. There was, I, was a, I was also a habitual liar. Um, and I used to twist things for the sake of a story. And the conviction came, but I was in a habit. And often the root, the root of my lying was actually found in fear. And as when God exposed that, I applied the same principles. And it might be that one of the occasions was, I don't know, I, was gonna, I, th I don't know if it was I was going to say that I was pregnant again to one of my family members. And I was thinking of all these stories, I, I, what to say. And all of a sudden, it was like, it's time for the lies to stop. And so I'd have, have to pray before I picked up that phone because I didn't trust myself with what was going to come out of my mouth. So as you can see, there was lots of strongholds. Um, that needed to go. So repentance, what does repentance look like? So this is just a little glimpse of it. Repentance looks like, in the simplest term, I'm changing my mind about that wrong thinking and actually I'm going to go over here and I'm going to agree with the Lord. So you see, it's like unbelief. Unbelief disagrees with the word of God. I'm changing my mind about that unbelief and I'm going over here and I'm deliberately going to say, actually, I choose to believe because the word of God is, all, is true and dependable. So there is a deliberateness in it. It isn't just, oh Lord, I'm sorry, oh Lord, I repent. There's a deliberateness in what you're doing and why you're doing it. It's a change of mind and a change of heart. And the next thing, you see, that's not always enough on its own when there's been things that have developed in our life that are like strangling us, strongholds in our life. You need to surrender. There needs to be a humbling of your heart and a surrendering and, and giving over to the Lord and partnering with God. Because we know that we can't work out this life, walk out this life successfully in victory without the help of the Holy Spirit. So we need God to help us with that. So once you've done all that, that's the need to deal with it in the spirit. So you deal with it in the spirit first. So it's a bit like earlier, Pastor Rohan, when he got people up to pray about depression or to cut people off from depression, that is 
a beginning of dealing with it, with it in the spirit. But that's not always the end of it. There has to be a walking it out, a working it out in the natural, the day by day, what do I do with this now? So yes, I have been, it's a deliberate thing, you're back over here in faith, that prayer's come, therefore I receive that in Jesus' name, I have been set free. Now what do I do to stay free? How do I get the, the consistent victory over this? So what I did with the swearing was every time it came out, I immediately repented and came back to the Lord and clung to the Lord. And after a little bit of time, only a few days, the thoughts didn't stop here, out of there, coming out like that. They stopped in here. And there's that scripture that talks about taking every thought captive unto the obedience of Christ. So from the point of having to repent because it was out, I was then able to um, not have to repent because it was like, actually, that thought does not belong to me. That can go in the name of Jesus. That is not who I am anymore. I am a new creation. That is my, that's the old life, and I'm now in the new. So you take every thought captive. And again, this applies to everything, the unbelief, the negativity, the wrong attitude. Um, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And that comes from Proverbs. So what you are constantly dwelling on filters down into your heart and into your spirit. And then the next scripture from Luke 6, 45 is then... Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So actually, whatever you might be struggling with, it does come back to your heart. So your heart really matters to God. Who you are inside really matters to God. Your character matters to God. And we are to develop the character of Jesus. So it comes back to some really basic stuff that I'm sure everyone in the room knows about. And the question would be, what are you feeding your minds on? So if you're stuck in a rut, and it could be, again, like depression, and so when you're feeling that, that slip and the negative thoughts start coming in, what are you doing with them negative thoughts? Are you taking them captive unto the obedience of Christ and kicking them out because they don't belong to you? Or are you lining yourself up with, with the enemy? Because this is what the enemy wants you to declare over yourself. It's not what God is saying about you. So are you lining yourself up with that, meditating on it, starting to agree with it because this is how you feel, so you're letting your feelings rule, um, or you're, are you kicking it out? It, it comes to what are you meditating on. We are called to meditate on the Word of God, meditate on His truth. It may be for some people that and I've been guilty of this as well, addicted to games, whether the expert box or games on your phone. So actually, you're not feeding your mind on the words of God. You're feeding your mind on games or the TV or worldly music. Um, it could be wrong conversations, that someone else is, is having a wrong conversation, a negative conversation with you, um, and you're, you're going along with it. So actually... Sorry, David. So I know um, with David that actually previously has done this. You don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> so I don't know if he's consistent in this, but I know he's done this. That even at 
work in the past, people have been gossiping. He's got up and walked away. Yes, it's not as bad as you thought. <laughs> but, but there's a choice, isn't there? You can get up and you can walk away from that which is not godly, that which is not releasing life. Sometimes you need to call it out and actually say, no, we shouldn't be doing this. Other times you can just walk away. Um, So be deliberate, be intentional, walk away from gossip, turn off the TV, put your phone down. Don't go by how you feel. Take every thought captive unto the obedience of Christ, grabbing hold of it and kicking it out because it does not belong to you anymore. There's a choice. You don't have to put up with it anymore. Fill up on God's word. Declare it, pray it, and engage in worship and prayer. Giving thanks. We're told to give thanks in all circumstances. But what we do when we deal with anything in the spirit and we start giving thanks is actually we're saying, yes, Lord, I'm agreeing with you. And I've received that promise. I've received that deliverance. I I can do this because I have you. You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it doesn't matter how tough it is, because there's moments when it's really tough, it is reminding yourself, actually, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So you have been given the Holy Spirit. Jesus left you the Holy Spirit so that you are able to live this life for him and walk in a way that's constantly overcoming. Now, that sounds a bit tedious, constantly overcoming, but... We're in this world, and this, this you, you don't, we don't need to focus on what this world is. We just know that Jesus loves the people in it. Um, but we're not of this world, but we're in it. So there is daily overcoming to do, that for all sorts of reasons, because your own flesh, the Apostle Paul talks about the fact that he really wrestled. You know, he's an amazing man of God here, and he was honest about his wrestling in the Spirit because... He wanted to do the right thing, but his flesh didn't. And actually, that's the reality of all of us at times, isn't it? And sometimes you have to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus in the detail of your life. It's not just in the big things. Because actually, if you want the big and the miraculous, you need to be faithful in the little details of your life. The areas where no one else can see. It's that secret place of honoring him and walking in obedience behind closed doors that he knows about. And then he grows you. And then the more that you are able to cope with, the more that you're able to... Remember, it's not coping on your own, but it's in him. The more you grow, the more you're given the more of the miraculous you will see. Because he will stretch you and grow you. What's that? Stretch out the tent pegs, that one. So the, the journey with God is always exciting. And we all being changed from one degree of glory into another. So this is not, it might feel like it's heavy, but this is not a heavy word. This is a word that potentially can change our lives. Because it means actually replacing all that is unbelief, all the what should not be coming out of our mouth, into speaking life. And there is power of life and death in the tongue. So when you start to speak life and declare God's truth and give thanks and cling to God, even when everything in you wants to to run to the opposite because it's getting tough, because there are tough days, 
you will begin to see a shift in the spirit because you persevere. You persevere with the Lord and you will see strongholds broken and you will see miracles. And we need to, it's a bit like the Thanksgiving cards. Actually, we don't give thanks enough. We don't glorify enough. The details matter. We think we just need to give the big miraculous testimonies and they're amazing and they're wonderful. But actually, the details matter. Giving thanks in all circumstances, even in the small things, it matters and it matters to God. And it shows our reliance on him and our trust in him. So, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. There is a bit before that that's really important about resisting the enemy. But I just want you to really focus on, we're not focusing on the enemy so much this morning, but draw near to God and draw near to, he will draw near to you because that's partnering with him and him partnering with you. Surround yourself at every opportunity with godly people. People that speak life, people that build up, people that encourage. And you then, in turn, be intentional about speaking life and encouraging everyone around you. Um, There's just two passages, or maybe one, we'll stick to one passage. One passage in the scriptures to finish with, and it's Philippians 3. I can find it. So isn't it amazing that every little little issue of our heart, the answer is in the word of God. doesn't matter what it is. All the answer is found in the word of God. It doesn't miss out anything. So this is really part of our answer this morning. It's from Philippians 3. And verse 8. Actually, we're going to go back to verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, and this is really key for all of us, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything, no matter how little, anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Um, Can we have the bands up? Please. Okay, so just just where you are, just close your eyes, and we're just I'm just going to pray and just just kind of make this your prayer too, um, and I'll be doing the same because actually there's always more refining to do, and I still want to be more like Jesus tomorrow than I am today. So Lord God, Lord, I pray Lord that you would show us. And put your finger on any areas of weakness that we have 
regarding the use of our tongue. Lord, that you'd reveal any, any area that we might be unaware of or think it's insignificant, Lord God, and that you would just show us what we need to bring back to you. And just quietly before him, if, if there's something specific, you might just want to make that start by just repenting and changing your minds about what you might have not been in line with, the words of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And it may be that you have struggled with areas of unbelief. That you might have an area with, with bad language. Or you might have an, an, an issue with not believing the truth about yourself and who you are in Christ. Whatever it is, just bring it before him. Thank you, Lord. And this morning, we just, Lord, we choose to surrender to you. We choose to surrender afresh to you and ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and partner with us. Lord, we recognize that, that without you, this is impossible. But with you, Lord God, all things are possible. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you love us so much that you never leave us where we are. That you always move us on further into your glory. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. And just begin to give thanks to him. Give thanks to him because if you've repented, you've surrendered and you've chosen to partner with God, then that chain is broken in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, we ask in the coming days that you'll bring your conviction and that you will remind us to keep surrendered to you. And to take every thought captive unto the obedience of Christ. Lord, help us to remember what we ought to be meditating on. Whatever is pure. Whatever is noble. Whatever things are just. Whatever things are lovely. Whatever things are of good report. If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Yes, Holy Spirit, remind us to meditate on your truth. Remind us to meditate on the things that bring forth life. Lord, things that would uplift and encourage and bring freedom. Praise you, Lord God. Praise you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So if you've dealt with it in the spirit, now it's your choice with the Lord to go and walk it out in the natural day by day. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to worship him. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com. 